Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, 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 welcome to Chief Concerns. Another week and another look at the offseason. We're getting close. I mean, you know, it feels like yesterday the Super Bowl just ended, and now we're getting back to the season kind of slowly. Um, pretty exciting part of the, the year, I think, the free agency, draft, you know, the combine, all that stuff. Well, I guess no combine this year, but pro days and stuff. Um, but as far as pro days with, with you two, uh, do you guys, I mean, you guys, did you guys go to the combine or did you guys do pro days or did you guys do both? I did both. You did both? Yeah, I did both. Mm-hmm. was the combine as like i guess te- like it's it's a televised thing but was it as mainstream of a thing as it was i mean obviously there's no combine this year but generally when you guys when you guys did the combine back in the day was it was it was it as like i don't know this big pub around it or no no <laughs> no <laughs> to me like okay i'm one of those that i i don't see the combine being that much of a difference maker um what if I go out and run a 4-2-40, but I can't play football? I go out and jump a 40-something-inch vertical, but I'm not this great. I, when I coached in Nebraska, I coached a kid that was phenomenal. I'm talking about phenomenal uh, as far as testing. I think he ran like a 4-3-40, jumped close to 40 inches, and everything. I'm talking about everything was just top-tier, top 21st-round pick. But he couldn't get on the field in Nebraska. And so you have all these coaches asking, like, who is this kid? Like, where did he come from? But then you go watch tape, and it's a different, you know, you see an entirely different person. And so my thing is, like, you're taking these kids through all this stuff for what reason? The combine did nothing for me. I don't think it helps out a lot of other – like, I saw what Tony did his interview with uh, Peyton Manning, and he said that he didn't lift. And, and And some of the coaches got pissed because he didn't lift. Okay, then he turns out to be a Hall of Fame player, like, you know, just because I can't do 220, 15, 20 times like this other guy, I'm a disappointment. I can't run the 40 and a 4-3. I'm a disappointment. No. Everybody's different, man. It's, it's a, when you cross those white lines, to, you know, and put those helmets, bucket those helmets on, that's the tape that you should be looking at. That combine does nothing. If you want to just do an interview with guys to see where their head's at, where their interest is at, uh, I understand that. But then the, the other stuff of the, the test, you know, taking these kids, uh, uh, having them take a test and, and all this other crap, um, I, I just don't think a lot of that's necessary. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you 100% on that, E. Okay? And, and here's why. So a guy coming from, from Eastern Kentucky, like myself, right, who doing, I don't get to play against Nebraska. I don't get to play against Florida State. And so – they had a chance to see me against these guys up here. And when I got to the combine, I was seeing guys that was at Miami that couldn't do 225 as linemen more than 12 times or 18 times. And so when I came out, so when I was coming out, I was sitting over here and I was projected. Marcus is completely frozen. I haven't heard a word as you said. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Cause you had your, like your finger up and it was just, I was just kind of sitting there. I didn't know. <laughs> well, I, I thought you were like, raise your hand. Marcus, Marcus's eyes were closed. I'm like, okay, he froze it. <laughs> <laughs> your whole conversation was static. I hear a thing you said. I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> oh, shoot. So, uh, so we'll take it from this. So, so can Go you hear me now? Is that, is yeah. that better? Yeah. All right. 
I think, you know, part of the problem when, when you have a guy like myself who came from Eastern Kentucky University and I didn't get to compete against guys from Miami or Florida State, you know, during the season, I get to play against Nebraska or, you know, UCLA. And so a guy like myself coming from FBS, uh, FBS school was I had a chance to show what I can do against these guys. And I was seeing guys from Florida State and Michigan who couldn't do 225, you know, uh, 12 times, 18 times. And so my measurables against those guys, they can necessarily put me, you know, in, in the same, you know, in the same stadium with these dudes to see them, you know, put my first, their eyes on me. And then also too, I think it's just the atmosphere as far as how's a guy going to respond with that type of uh, pressure, right. Against his peers, who's supposed to be the best that you're seeing out here. And so I, when I came out in the draft, I was rated the number one tight end. So I was, I was always projected number one to like three tight end in the entire nation. And so they wanted to see a kid from Eastern Kentucky. Like, is he the real deal? Yeah. Jay, yeah. Jason Dunn runs a four or five. Absolutely. He, he has a 41 inch vertical. He could do 225, 32 times. And so when they were seeing me, you know, doing the stuff, I had the other guy that was projected like number one, he didn't want to lift and they was pissed off. Well, also too, they was just like, well, what is he hiding? Maybe he's not as strong as, as we, as you know, we think he is. And so that, that did a lot for a guy like myself against guys that was at Michigan and all these other big schools. And so I, I, I actually, I worked the combine uh, two years ago, two or three years ago. And so what I learned, you know, just kind of being a scout and working the combine was everything that went into them evaluating the players. And it was brutal. It was brutal sitting in the meetings and talking. I'm like, man, they was talking about us like this. Yeah. And so, you know, it says a coach, when you're sitting over and you're looking at a guy on film, you know, you just want to see a guy, you know, how he moves. You know what I'm saying? You want to see his gait as he's running, you know, and just seeing him in person, man, just it, it gives you a, a different sense about who this person is. And and look, there are there's gonna be guys that are combine guys, right? Who are practice guys who look good out there. But sometimes you, you got to see those guys in, in those settings, you know, what he can do. And so a lot of it is, does this guy quit in, in drills, right? That was one thing that we evaluated was guys quitting in drills or guys paying attention. And so you start seeing guys who's not really paying attention to what's going on or who, who was quitting in drills tells a lot about a person's character. So a lot of it is just, you know, they want to see every little aspect of who this guy is in front of a coaches. Cause that's really like the second time that you, put your eyes on guys that are a team gets to see them because the first time is really like senior bowl, you know, like the all-star games. Then the next one is, is the combine. And then it's a pro day. So um, for me, I mean, it, it did a tremendous thing to me because it just solidified what type of person I was and what type of athlete I was to them. Right. And it, I don't so, want to take anything from you. I think that your tape, what you put on tape, is what got you invited to the combine 100%. Absolutely. Your skills, your talents of what you can do as a tight end got you invited to the combine. Now, yes, maybe your lifting uh, shows your strength when it comes to blocking and your, your vertical shows uh, the explosiveness uh, coming off the line uh, for a big guy like you. Mm -hmm. Most of those projected First round guys are still going to go in that first round. Doesn't matter what they run, how many times they lift, 220, what they jump, or nothing. 
because what they put on film is the, the player that's supposedly you're getting when you draft that guy. Now, meeting. I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Because some guys. Man, Deion Sanders didn't do a thing. He ran out there and ran 140 and left. Right. I was there with Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson didn't do a whole lot. Still number two pick. Oh, yeah. But, but we, but, okay. So you're talking about two elite guys. I, I'm just other guys that, that went to some schools like Iowa, places like that, who didn't, you know, Florida State. Small college. Well, I mean, he was at, you know, Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Marshall. <laughs> yeah. He played at Marshall. You know, but 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 Randy was at at, at Florida State before he, he went to Marshall. He didn't play at Florida State. Brandon made his name at Marshall. Yeah, he, he made his look. He, I know he made his name at Marshall, but Florida State knew what they was getting. You know, so he already had all those measurables coming out. I mean, he was he was a top uh, recruit. You know, that's why Florida State had him. And so when he got into all their trouble, See, he doesn't that go to JUCO that have those same that have those same measurements as Randy Moss. Were you already? Like, cause you were already a top guy going, you were already a top guy going into the combine to that. You said solidified it. Do you think that was like what got, what got you there? Or were you already in that top guy, that tight end position? I, I was, I was a top guy in that position. And of course the, like he, he was talking about the interviews and you know, they, they want to see who you are. They had questions about, you know, maybe some things that, that went on at EKU. Of course, they just want to see what you're going to answer, how you're going to answer it. Uh, but I think they said, yeah, this guy, like, you know, he's a real deal. He's running, we see in a tight end run, a, a, a tight end reverse, right. And takes it 65, 70 yards. We just want to know if that's, if that's true, right. We want to see, you know, if, if it's the competition he's going against, well, let's put him on the stage with these, these so-called big guys. These guys is over here. We got questions why he was at EKU. Why, how do you find yourself at EKU, Jason? Right. So those are those questions. And so I, I think it just it solidified it because of what I did at the combine. Because nobody could look, nobody could out jump me, uh, nobody could outlift me. E, what, what was your what was your vertical? What was your vertical? What was your vertical? I don't think you had a better vertical than I did coming out. I don't know. He's, he's athletic though. That, that joke, yeah, he, he got some bunnies. So what, what, what was your vertical? I don't remember, but I, I think I think I had one of the highest ones. Did it? Yeah. Well, I had I had the highest in the tight ends. I know for sure, and I think I had one of the highest in the in the entire combine that year. Uh, and then, like I said, they, they counted me at thirty two. Man, I did thirty six on a, on two twenty five. They they grabbed me about four of them. <laughs> they did. I'm like, oh, you know how they be like all the way up. I'm like, oh, I done knocked out four already. I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> so. It, but it was it was good. It was not the the uh, the guys that came out with me uh, was Ricky Dudley from Ohio State and Marco Battaglia from uh, uh, from Rutgers. Marco he he he, I mean, he set records like catching footballs, but he was more like an H back, you know. Uh, but yeah, man, at draft man, it was a it was a that was a draft of the wide receivers, shoot. So. But yeah, I think I think it, it did. It, it 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 helped me out. It just because, like I said, I, I I played in the Senior Bowl, I did real well, and I actually I went both ways. I played uh, tight end and defensive end in the Senior Bowl. Oh, went both ways. See, if you played the Senior Bowl, that just helped you. That that pretty much solidified a whole lot. I didn't even get invited to the Senior Bowl. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, Senior Bowl. That was good because we had a uh, uh, what's Senior Bowl was basically a bunch of your guys that are majority that are going on the first day. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Now with uh, JD, since you were at a smaller school, you did a, you did a pro pro day also. Was that like a regional? Um, no, no, no. I did no. I did it at, at EKU. Oh, so it was an EKU only. Yeah, I had I had at EKU I had 16 teams that was there, 16, 16, 18 teams that was there just for me. And it helped me actually, it helped other guys that I play with come in, you know, to come work out too, so they could see them. And so I made sure that I was like, look, man, y'all come in and work out with me. So I had a couple of quarterbacks uh that that threw the ball to me, a couple of wide receivers that worked out also. So I almost forced the scouts to watch them too. That's when I was doing my pro day. Yeah, I couldn't leave my boys out there like that. So interesting. Yeah, because I, I see a lot of small schools, like for example, like when Villanova has like has its pro day, they'll go with Temple and Temple Villanova will do one together. And like U Penn will do one with them. It's like the I guess the the Philly schools will try to like come together, the ones that aren't big. I mean, Temple's kind of a legit program, but like Villanova yeah, and yeah. Penn, um right, right. All right. Well, I, I guess uh, I, I, before we go to the the chief concerns, uh, what was probably your uh, the biggest me- the, the measurable that you were probably the proudest of that you had? I mean, I'm JD. I'm, I'm going to take it to your 36 uh, bench reps. Well, they robbed me of the four, <laughs> for one. But my mine was always to to be honest. So I ran a, I ran a four four seven on pro day at EKU. I'm a forty time, but it was always my my forty. I was always I was always fast. I took a man, I ran a tight end reverse. So I was, man, I was eating linebackers and, and safety's lunch. This couldn't hang with me. And so. Yeah. Then the knees went out on huh? The knees, man. Hey, two, two, hey, two knee surgeries later, E. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, uh, well, you see me remember when, uh, when I first got to Kansas City, man, I was almost yep. dragging out my leg with me and Troy uh, Drayton. Yep. I said, man, hell, Troy had a, a bad, uh, Right leg. And I had bad, yeah, I was about to say, Troy was bad off, too. Yeah, Troy we got did. in trouble, man. Uh, <laughs> Troy got in trouble. You know what he got in trouble with, right? No. <laughs> he was out in, uh, oh, no, 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 no. That wasn't Troy. Troy was the big bow-legged one. Yeah, 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 from Miami. Who was, who was the other uh, tight end that came in, the real dark one? God, I can't think of his name. He came about. in, huh? He, he came about. in and he got in trouble because he was on uh Independence Street up there by Truce and all them. Uh-huh. He got he got in trouble trying to pick up a prostitute. Oh no, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> was I there? Oh, was that it? I think so. Shoot, I- only one I can remember at the time. You got there during Gunther was Gunther got you right. Gunther, yeah, Gunther's, yeah, Gunther got me up there. Yeah, yeah two thousand. So you was there early with me, so yeah, I think you had I, yeah, shit. You had to have been. Cause Gunther what only had what one year two, or two two. Okay, so I got up here two thousand. I think they got rid of him the next year. That's when they brought yeah. Miller in two thousand one. So I played yeah. with Gunther two thousand. So I only played with with him one year. Okay. Yeah, Gunther's my dude, man. That was my yeah. man. God, God bless him. Rest his yeah. soul. Hmm. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's uh, that's that's interesting. And E, what was your uh, what was your uh, number one measurable that you were like a big like proud of? For me, I would brag to people that I, I ran a four five forty. That was like my that was my thing. Obviously, not to you guys' level, but <laughs> what was your thing you would brag about? I didn't have anything that I would brag about. I just um, I don't know my forty time. I think I was like a four four, which I wasn't. I wasn't you know down about it. Uh, my vertical was up there pretty high, so I, I wasn't too excited about that because I knew I could jump out right. the gym. Uh, my my agility was uh, quicker than I expected. Um, my broad jump. I want to say I had one of the longer broad jumps. Um, I don't know. Like the combine to me wasn't just what I expected. I just felt like it was a, you know, big meat show. They just wanted to poke at you and ask you all these questions. So uh, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. And that's probably why I feel like it's, it's, it's inexistent because the media felt like this was something that they can capitalize on. And, you know, we can go out there and, and, and you know, record all these guys doing these phenomenal things. It could possibly inspire these other kids to, you know, see where uh, measure themselves at and 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 other things and, and and show what what process the coaches go through as far as evaluating. So I can see that and how they can capitalize on it. And basically, they have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But to me, I just I know me and Jason have different opinions on. I just don't think it's worth it because uh, the guy you're gonna get is the guy that's on film. And was that at Lucas Oil Stadium back in the day also, or was that? Yeah. Was that at, yeah. Oh, so it's always been there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Interesting. Yeah. I think that's more, that's more like the, uh, what do they call that? Um, Central location. Yes. Central yeah. Central location. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Easy to kind of get into. Yeah, but it, you know, I will agree with you there on that. It's, it's a big, like, meat show. I, I, I always described it almost, it's almost like it could have been, like, when the slaves at the gallows, like, putting the oil on you. And whatnot. And I remember uh, one uh, scout and coach coming up to me, and he's just looking at me. He's like, "Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah." And I was like, "Dad, God, you know, just because you're just sitting over in your little skibbies, you know, what I'm saying you only got your little braids on, you know, and yeah. you're standing up." And, and I know Eve's out there with his chest poked out, <laughs> trying to look a little taller. Yeah, that's <laughs> up. You no, know, it's kind of funny. I remember, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, man. He, he made a joke. He said when he was, you know, trying to get his vertical uh, height, you know, get his vertical up, you know how they always tell you, reach all the way up as, as far as you can? He said he, he was reaching yeah. up, but he, he had his, his knees knocked. <laughs> Just, <laughs> trying to make it look like he was shorter than what he exactly. really was. Yeah. <laughs> so he get his, his vertical higher. Yeah. Yeah. Funny, man. But, <laughs> And you guys obviously saw when Chris Jones was uh, uh, during his combine when he was running his forty yard dash, his um, his thing his thing came out when he when he was running like uh like the, there's video there's videos of it he has he slides on the ground because his thing comes out. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> oh really? No, that didn't. But I have a friend who works with the Chiefs. He says like he doesn't like he doesn't like talking about that moment. He says like if you if you ever like bring it up to him, he doesn't want to talk about that moment. He's like that's an embarrassing moment. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's one of those You laugh it off though. <laughs> hey, remember that time when you? Hey, man. Hey. Yeah, nah. <laughs> you know. You're, if, if, if it's coming out during that, you're a well endowed man. So you know, more power to you, right? <laughs> um, 
Actually, and a, a question was, I was just thinking the tight ends from like the early 2000s with the Chiefs, was that Michael Ricks or is that not who you're talking about? Rick, Ricks came from San Diego. Yeah, Ricks, yeah, is, but, Ricks is my, I think Ricks is my age, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Ricks is, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Because okay. I'm trying to think of the tight ends that played with us. And the only one I remember at the time that was free agents was me and Troy uh, that was on the team. And, and Tony was a three. I'm trying to think who else, but Ricks was another guy that came in. I mean, K-Dub, uh, other than, and you said, was he, you said dark skin, right? Yeah, I can't think of his name, though. Okay, yeah, I, don't, I can't think of any dark skin uh, tight ends, you know. All right, well, uh, so we're, we're going to get into, we're talking about free agents. Uh, we're going to get into, like, the, um, some of the rumors that are going out there. Um, two names have come up. Uh, one is a guy that's been talked about forever. Every offseason, I feel like this guy's linked to the Chiefs. It's uh, Patrick Peterson, cornerback uh, for the Cardinals, uh, LSU guy. So is there some, there's some connection with him and uh, Matthew. But then another guy the Chiefs are apparently interested in is somebody I've mentioned on the show is A.J. Green. Uh, possible one-year deal, but maybe get a, a, a nice discount for him. Uh, I think he's going to be 33 by the year's end this year. Um, he's also had some injury problems. Well, those two guys, which one do you say the Chiefs need to kind of make a bigger play for? Who's going to be more a priority for us if it's between those two guys, their prospective positions? Man, AJ Green hasn't done anything, and I want to say the last four years. So, I mean, big name guy, um, but heck, I don't think he's 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 shown any signs of, uh, you know, what he was doing back in his his prime. So. I don't know if that's a good idea to go get somebody that's, you know, at his, heck, I don't even know how old he is. Uh, you said 30, early 30s? Yeah, 30, 33 yeah. by end of season. Now, I will take my chances on, on a young guy. I, actually, I like the young crew that we do have already. Um, but to ask somebody like Patrick Peterson on the other side of Breland, that, that's, and uh, Tyron Matthew, you know, that, that can be really dangerous uh, for us as, as a secondary. Yeah, I, I, I had to agree with, uh, with E on this. I mean, I think uh, Patrick Peterson would be, you know, the guy that you want to go trying to make a play with. The, the only question is, you know, can you afford him? That's the only thing about it with him. Uh, yeah, the connection with him and, uh, you know, uh, with, yeah, Matthews, but E, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Am I frozen? Hey, for a second. For a second. Yeah, but <laughs> we good. We roll with it. We roll with it. We're good. But, but I think uh, Patrick Peterson, you know, with with his, uh, you know, his experience, his leadership ability, I think that the secondary would be locked down having him back there without a doubt. And I think you just got to get better uh, defensively, um, you know, to to kind of put you know teams away. And I'm just like, e man, I, I like the young <laughs> young guys at receivers. I really do. I think with with the type of quarterback that you got, and these guys have, have shown that they can they can you know make big plays when they need to, and they're just gonna get better you know with more time with 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 Patrick, they're gonna do a good job. And so why why break something like that up? I mean you don't have to bring a guy like that in. So I, I think if you decide to bring somebody on defense, which is gonna help your defense out tremendously, that gives Tyrone Matthew who knows who played with him for five years in in Arizona nosy i mean shoot why not i mean like i said man having that secondary is key especially you know with the receivers you're gonna have to be going against 
somebody who's on the same page has played with you. Yep. Not at just LSU, but Arizona too, man. So I think it'd, it'd be huge. It'd be huge. But the only question is, yep. I don't know if you could keep Breland and him. That, that's the only thing. So that's the question. And that is kind of why I guess the AJ Green name is up there is because you'll probably be able to get him at a a, a discounted price, whereas Patrick Pearson may be on the I guess costly end for us this off season. Um, I guess that's where the uh, I mean, because if you get AJ Green, you can probably get him at a, at a discounted rate, and you can maybe bring in another receiver with him because D, Demarcus Robinson's a free agent, Byron Pringle's a free agent. Um, and so you're, and Sammy Watkins is a free agent. So there's going to be spots available for us at the, at the receiver position. And, and the guys like DD Westbrook's a free agent this year. I mean, you could get, you could get him maybe at a bargain price. He's had some injury, uh, injury history uh, with Jacksonville, but I mean, he's a young guy. Um, but there's names like that. And also AJ Green didn't put up his numbers last year. He's been hurt pretty much the last three years ish. John, Joe Burrow was throwing into him the ball a lot. Like, if the guy's not looking good, but yet he's getting a lot of targets because there was multiple games last year. You get 13, 14 targets. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, as a guy, if you're getting that many targets, you're obviously doing something right. I mean, or, well, see, I guess I miss those games because like most of the games that I saw since he played, AJ Green is kind of irrelevant. You know, it's pretty much, um, heck, I couldn't even tell you the receivers that they do have, but, uh, and Burroughs is a great, is a, Burroughs is going to be really nice. I like him as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to have someone like an A.J. Green, for me, and the games that I had that I did watch, as I said, he just became irrelevant because and I don't know if it's because of uh, he's not able to separate as he used to. He doesn't have that playmaking ability he's used to. It's probably due to injuries. I don't know. Um, you know, put in the right situation. He could probably come in and, and be another Sammy Watkins, you know, line up in the slot for us. Um, I just think that with Patrick Peterson and his knowledge alone uh, is going to help the secondary. You know, he may not be able to run as fast or cover man to man as much, but uh, as one older guy told me, it's like, you come in in the NFL, like your talent level is way up here, but your knowledge of the game is here. Uh, But the older you get, your talent is going to go down because you're getting older, you're you're depleting, but your knowledge is up here. So it can kind of keep you balanced and kind of what Charles Woodson did to, to prolong his career. Uh, because he was so smart at the game, you know, he was able to move to heck. They want him a nickel, move him a nickel, put him back at corner, he's at corner. And then he ended up, his, you know, the rest of his career to safety. Uh, I just think that Patrick Peterson has that kind of um, one talent, two, that, that much knowledge of the game uh, to where you can use him pretty much anywhere. And he's going to be, you know, I don't, even, I don't think he made the Pro Bowl last year. So I don't, I don't know if his dollar sign is up there you know, for, for, for big, for big money. So he might be somebody that we can keep that, that we not, not keep, but um, bring in. Yeah. But, but you just know that he, you know, he's going to ask for, for, for big money. And hopefully, you know, if you have, you know, Tyron Matthew, talk to him a little bit, like, look, man, we're going to win a championship here. Come and win a championship. Right. And so what I've also heard is that uh, Tampa Bay may be in, 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 in the mix, trying to get him down there too. You know, because that connection with Bose and, and Aaron's too. Well, if you could play with your boy as opposed to, with, you know, one of your coaches and bring him in and say, like, look, you, you're the piece that we need. We need another guy like you. Just as just instead of just me, me and you out here can help out this defense tremendously. And so I, I think that would be a better, better play on it, though, for real. Seriously, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. AJ Green, shoot, you got to bring him in. 
for peanuts, man. Like you said, he, he, he could probably come in hurt. I mean, to be honest, he has been hurt for the past two or three years. And that's that's the problem. That's the issue. They got some young receivers, man, in Cincinnati. He's yeah. doing a good job too, man. So uh, I could see him, that, you know, showing the door to him. Hey, you know, it's just, that's the nature of the business. Yeah. Now, if, if you get Patrick Peterson and AJ Green on a full-on incentive deal, that's a, it's an A-plus uh, offseason right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, but we're going to go to our next uh, segment, which um, – so last week uh, we learned that the three players who opted out for us was um, – I'm going to mess this guy's name up. It's, it's a French-Canadian name. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. I think that's how you pronounce Tardif. it. Duvray-Tardif. Yeah. There you go. That's that. That's a better pronunciation than I got. Um, and then we had the running back, Damian Williams, and then rookie offensive tackle from TCU, Lucas Niang, who didn't play at all last year. He had, he had injury coming out of college, but then he ended up, decided to opt out last year. So these three guys, who's the one that you're going to be looking for is going to make an immediate impact when he comes back? Or just in general, who are you more excited about coming back? The offensive lineman. I mean, I you know – and. As I apologize again, because we made this, uh, we actually called it wrong during the season when we, uh, it was Daryl Williams that we were uh, talking about throughout the season when Damian Williams is the one that played for us in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, really good running back. Uh, I hate that he sat this year out, but, you know, he, he made his own call. Uh, I don't know what kind of shape he's kept himself in. Uh, you know, if he's got a playbook that he gets to keep at home, then he, he's still up to date with it. Uh, but he's a playmaker. Right now, my, my biggest concern going into any of this is offensive line and how quick we, how quickly we can repair that and, and get healthy and, and, and um, uh, either with the – I know the doctor guy is one of them. Um, the offensive lineman is a doctor, right? Yeah, yeah. so you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Tardif. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember his play as far as how well he played. Um, but heck, I mean, it, you know, right now we'll take anybody over the guy that we had at left tackle last year. So after Fisher went down, I, you know, and not, not to knock on anybody in a bad way. It was just so disappointing to see how that game turned out. And, um, you know, if, again, let me apologize for saying mentioning that because I don't want to make it sound like he, he's a bad player. Um you know, but if we can just solidify the offensive line by any means necessary, that that'd be the thing I'd be most happy with. So yeah, I I, I agree with you there. E. Um, you know, if you have Tardif come in, who 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 was a starter when he left, uh, that that's going to be significant getting him back, uh, and he he he'll be the biggest thing because, like you said, uh, Damian Williams, regardless of how good of a back he is. I don't care if you don't have anybody to, to lead the hole, open the holes up. I don't care how good a back you are. We see that man in, 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 in the league, how it's just been going. And so he's going to, he's going to, he's going to help out the play of the offensive line. Uh, and then you talk about this young kid from TCU who didn't get to play. He's a young guy that's going to get some reps because you're talking about like Eric Fisher trying to come back from the injuries, which is, is, is going to be difficult to do, but it just gives you somebody like that, you know, that depth chart a little bit more depth to those positions, getting that guy ready. And so if he's, he's ready, start getting these guys in there a little bit more because the more you could, you know, uh, you know, fortify the offensive line, the better off you're going to be. But Tardif, without a doubt, coming in as a starter would help out tremendously. Now I think he played, he played guard, didn't he? He played, uh, yeah, he was guard. guard. Yeah. He was right. a guard. So now you had to take the guard and put him out there at tackle, right? You actually got a guard. You just keep him in there. 
So you don't have to, you know, do those things. And like I said, they got some some young tackles, man, that I think they need to just start getting ready. You know, so hey, and and, and Fisher, you know, you know, God love him. He's if he's able to come back and play and get out there, fine. But you know, it, it's just good to have that as sense of security uh with that. And not to mention Damon Williams, he's a great player, but now we have, you know, uh Claude Hilaire. I mean, he, he's a star. And so he knows he got to take a back seat to him. I mean, it's just, that's the nature of the business. So when he had Le'Veon on a one-year deal, right? Uh, was he one-year deal, Le'Veon? I, I, I think so. Was I think he might have been. I'm, was it just the entirety of the season last year? Was it, wasn't it just last year's season? So that's What's the last that? Yeah, is he, is he a free agent? He's, he's a free agent, yeah. Yeah, he's a free agent, yeah. So, so yeah, that, that so, so now I, you don't I like have the He's good enough, you know. Right, proved right. it last year. He, he can carry the load. So. Mm-hmm. But they, they, uh, he gives you just that little bit, at, at, a little, a little mix that you need, right? Because he could, he could do it all. He could do it all. So now you got the Williams brothers. Now it's the, the true Williams brothers. You call them just back there now, right? So yeah. now nah, it, it'd be a good mix, man. Having those three guys back there would be solid, solid running game. But like I said, you got to, you got to have somebody lead the hose, man. You got to have somebody open the hose up. And hopefully the NFL allows, uh, especially Tardif, he opted out because he wanted to help out in Canada throughout the, the, the COVID crisis. And, right. You know, two years ago when he got his uh, doctorate or his PhD, uh-huh. the NFL said no. He wanted to have doctor or MD on the back of his jersey. They, the NFL said no. Hopefully, you know, this is a good store for the NFL. It's a good PR store. So hopefully they'll allow this guy to have a doctor on the back of his jersey. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> um, but so you guys alluded to Eric Fisher um, and – one of the weirder things over the last two weeks was uh, Brett Veach expects all our guys to be in camp uh, in August, and he expects Eric Fisher to be back by mid-August. And a couple weeks, when, when Fisher had his injury, we were all saying that he's not going to come back to like week four because Achilles injury. That's I mean that's and he got it so late in the season. Are you surprised when uh, were you surprised when you heard that Veach thinks that Fisher will be back by mid-August? Uh, I tell you what, I, I was mid-August, not necessarily surprised, man. I seen I seen two guys, two guys I know that had uh, Achilles tears uh, that came back and played the very next year. One was Kimball Anders, okay, and the, the other one was John Browning, uh, defensive end. Uh, and I know uh, Kimball uh, because I actually started taking a, a, a yoga because Kimball was doing yoga, man, with with you know getting himself back. And so I started taking yoga because Kimball was doing it. So he's just like, man, he got to do his, his, the Bikram yoga, the hot yoga. I kind of got into that. And, and Kimball was just, he, he just made sure he was doing the things to get himself back into the mix of things. So he did a great job of it, man. And we're talking, what is that? Shoot, what is that, E? Kimball played, what is that, 2000? Was it 2000? Probably, uh, yeah. Yeah. 20 years ago. <laughs> right. So now the technology, you know, I'm at the hill and I'm sure they, you know, you, you can – you know, speed it along, you know what I'm saying? It, it, so intensified to get the guy back faster than what they were 20 years ago if he's doing the right thing. And then, you know, uh, Big John, Big John came back, man, he, and he did pretty well, you know, uh, and played. Uh, I'm not sure when, when Big John came back, but I think he came back a little after training camp, didn't he, uh, into the mix. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. So it, it could be done. It, it could definitely be oh, yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, Eric, I mean, you're, you're a Warriors fan, and we all know when uh, Durant had his Achilles injury, they they he had the Achilles injury. Then the next day, they, they brought him back, and he had that weird like 
they thought it was like an ankle. It was an ankle, a heel injury, but they ended up being an Achilles mm-hmm. injury again. And then we, I, I guess I'm just scoring from that, like seeing like, you know, in our front of our eyes, an NBA player come back, try to rush back, an Achilles injury back that ends up tearing it. We're talking about a left tackle seven months after a surgery. I mean, if we're saying it, obviously, but what, what do you, what do you think about this uh, seven month? I guess. I don't know. I think he's saying what the public want, what, what, what everybody wants to hear him say, you know, we're all hopeful that he's back, you know, for the start of camp, you know, that's just the thing to say. Now, if he's going to be ready, we don't know, but act with all the guys, we hope that they're back for camp. Uh, but I tell you what, you do not want to rush back if you're not healthy because you're only going to make it worse. And then it's going to make your post-career after football worse because you're going to have so many ailments and pains uh, to deal with. So if, um, you know, if, if they're giving you the time to, to, to properly treat it uh, therapy-wise, take full advantage of it. Don't try to rush it because you do not want to have to repeat that entire process, you know, because <laughs> it's going to suck, especially like look at, uh, go back to basketball, you know, you, uh, Clay Thompson misses an entire year, goes back, and uh, right before the season starts, he, he messes something else up. Um, so, and then he's got two years that he's, had, that he's having to play sports. So, no, don't, don't rush it if you don't have to. But as Jason said, yeah, there, there's a lot of high-tech te- technology nowadays that can speed up the process uh, of, of, um, of either surgery or the healing, healing time. So, uh, but if you don't have to, don't rush it. Mm-hmm. And hence, like you said, that's just, I mean, Durant, Durant did the same thing, trying to rush back and it just set him back. And he, you know, he always talks about that. Like, man, you know what? I, I knew I shouldn't have rushed back when I did. He, he just knew it in his mind. He just felt like, you know, if the organization was trying to rush him back, that was like that bad blood too. He's like, ah, you know what? Forget that. I, I got to take care of myself. I got to take care of me. And that, that's a great point. He just talking about, you know, if you want to go on to play somewhere else, then, at this point, you got to think about like you know my career. You know how long. But he's also in a difficult situation though, because you, you put yourself in, in, in Durant's situation, to where you're deep in a playoff game, you're about to be eliminated, and you could be that deciding factor. You know how great a player you are. You don't really know what you're dealing with. You know you got an injury, and so you you know we Jay we know we go out there every day every week with some kind of ailments. We got something hurting, but we play through it. Yeah, you know, and then when it finally tears, that's when we realize, oh, okay, I shouldn't have done that. Right. But you know, that's 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 hindsight, you know. But uh, caught up in the moment, yeah, you know. As far as like, if it was um, Fisher two weeks before the Super Bowl, and it was just a slight pain, I guarantee you, there's nothing that there was nothing going to keep him from playing in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. You know, but that that, I mean, because you know, everything at like tackle. It's, it's all about power angles and having those, you know, I mean, the, the angles and everything at that, if, if that motion constantly doing it over and over again, I mean, shoot, that's, that's tough. That's all from the bottom up. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. That's like, man, and, and that's a lot of weight carrying too. You know, Kevin Durant was no bigger than a minute. You know, he ain't nah. joke. <laughs> I like if somebody sneezes on that joke, he going to get hurt again. You know, so is that probably an Achilles injury? Is that probably one of the worst injuries to have? Well, in general, it's an awful injury. But for a, a O lineman, is that is that probably one of the worst injuries to have for an O lineman? I would I would say it had to be Achilles or the knee, knee or your back. That back man, yeah. that's uh, going back to back injuries. Me and me and he know about back injuries. Shoot, O line, man. It, man, it's, to be honest, it's it's anything you don't want to deal right. with. Yeah. 
If, 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 if they got to pull a knife out for you, you don't, yeah, it's, it's bad. Hey, you yeah. got to go into surgery, it's bad. <laughs> right. Simple scope, they, they ain't, ain't too bad. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. clean it out, ain't bad. Drainage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ain't bad. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go to our last question of the night, more of a lighthearted question. Uh, so this past week, Drake released a th- three-song mixtape. Uh, one of those songs uh, was a freestyle called Lemon Pepper Freestyle, where he... Name drops our guy, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I, I guess it's more of a fun thing, you know, over the last like, year, it's been kind of like, you know, a guy gets a half a, million, half a billion dollar deal. You know, he's a part owner of the Royals now, and then he's getting name dropped in a Drake song. I mean, I guess how big of a deal is that for, you know, for, for a player to get name dropped in one of the biggest artists in the world right now? I don't think it is right now. Um, Patrick's easily one of the top I guess what Tom Brady's at right now, Tom Brady's got to be the number one guy in football in the NFL for what he's accomplished to where he's at, the years that he's taken to, 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 that he's put in, uh, having recently won the Super Bowl, um, all that. Patrick's got to be number two or right there at number one so with being the biggest name there is. So I don't think there's any um, anything that's, ex- that's going to, I don't know, excite him to that point. Um, as more as what he had was his kid. Like, that's the number one thing yeah. is the birth of his kid. You know, being in a Drake song is, is irrelevant. I saw uh, when I was back in Kansas City during the during the parade, they went to the Post Malone concert. And Post Malone got a, a tattoo of his name, him and Kelsey's name on, on his body. You know, that was that Post Malone's, you know, at the height of his career, uh, of his uh, rapping career. So, I don't think any of that excites him because Patrick is just as big of a, of a, of a commodity as Drake is. You know, Drake just is in the music industry. Patrick's in the sports industry. Yeah, I would say here in the United States, no doubt about it. But Drake is big all over the world, you know? So at that people's like, oh, you know, you know, Patrick Mahomes. And, and once you find out who he is, and, and I, I, I believe you, I think that, Patrick might be like, hey, you know what? That is cool. It's, you know, it's kind of cool to, you know, have something like that. Now I get to fly out with Drake, right? Hey, Drake, you know, bring me on up. Shoot, you come <laughs> on out here to Kansas City, right? So maybe we start seeing Drake in in, in, in the stands now. We had Trey Songs that was there. So now maybe Drake starts showing up. Right? That didn't turn out good. It didn't turn out good, did it? <laughs> so he might want to stay away from the stadium. Like, nah, I'm good. Nah, that's all right. That's all right. But... No, it's, it, I mean, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's cool. It's cool, you know, for somebody, you know, just kind of pay homage to what you're doing and recognizing who you are and, you know, stars do that and, 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 you know, live in infamy, you know, as far as like him, you know, being in a song, you just drop your little lyric, you know, during the time, just, just drop that one little verse, you know, Hey, I got that verse in the song, you know, you start singing it in the, in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it up loud, you know. Say yeah, all the <laughs> but now nah, it's uh, now nah, it's a cool thing. But but yeah, uh, but I agree with you. As far as uh, there's nothing uh, more uh, greater honor uh, than being a father, you know, and 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 at the birth of your 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 first first child. So I I know that is significantly. Uh, uh, more significant to him than a Drake song. So, yeah. 
I mean, just, just in general, you know, you, you have your kid, you win the Super Bowl, all in a year's time, half a billion. I mean, all, all this stuff, the legend just keeps growing with this guy. He's going to have a 30 for 30. It's going to be a lot like Bo Jackson's 30 for 30, where all these, all these different stories about him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's playing his role very well, man. He's had, he's had a, a great career. He's a great kid on and off the field. He's got a great family, uh, good support from his, from his parents. Um, and, you know, he's not one of those that's um, – He's not a me guy, um, and and I, and I like that about Patrick. So I mean, he I, we, I, you know, you marry your high school sweetheart. That's very rare. Yeah. And you know, and for all the stuff that comes with being a professional athlete, the fame, the money, the women that come at you, the the temptation is out there. He's kept level headed and just lived his life the way he's wanted to live his life. And it's and it's been a it's created a happiness for him that he's satisfied with that he's happy with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think it's one of the, it, like you know just just people in general who aren't really NFL fans. They all everyone who sees some of these commercials and stuff. Usually, people get a, a annoyed of seeing the same guy on commercial after commercial. People love him. I mean, he's just one of those, he's a likable guy. It's just and it's you know it's it's cool to see that that, that he's yeah. a Kansas City player too. True. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, so we're going to go to our final segment tonight before we end the show, which, of course, is our Chiefs Kingdom Concern segment where we actually hear from our members of Chiefs Kingdom. And tonight we have a Chiefs super fan known as on Twitter, at Nuttree TV. Uh, and we're going to get him right now because he's a big fan of you guys. He was, uh, you, you guys probably saw his tweet earlier when he was uh, trying to get the Kingdom's input on what questions to ask you guys. So he's going to come on right now. And um, I don't know his actual name, but I know his uh, Twitter handle. So we'll, we'll see what his name is. <laughs> I'm... Uh... Kingdom Night. Kingdom Night or at Nut Tree TV. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? There you go. What's up, Curtis? What's how's it going? Doing good. Good, good over here. <laughs> it's a it's an honor to talk to you guys, man. I went through my high school days watching you guys play. So this is pretty exciting for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, look, hey, hey, believe me, it's exciting for us too, man. We enjoy it. You know, sometimes. You know, meeting the fans and the people that you know supported it over the years is always a good time. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's why that's that's the big thing. Why I like I like Twitter. You get to you know chit chat with some of the fans, and for the most part, I've had I've had some. Hey, I made some good friends. Uh, you know, Marcus is one of those, that, and, and <laughs> now he's become a partner of ours. So uh, lifelong friend. But yeah, I love the, the the camaraderie back and forth with some of the fans to hear their input, whether during the game, after the game, or just in general. So. Good deal. No, it's been a roller coaster, man, all my life. So, <laughs> where are you from? I'm I'm actually grew up in Wichita, Kansas. I live in Colorado now, though. Okay, what part? Uh, Colorado Springs. Are you in Springs? Sorry, what was that? I think uh, Eric. I think he you in Colorado water. Springs. Yeah, Colorado. I don't know Springs. how because my. I... so so what's what's the weather out there like right now curtis uh right now it's 48 degrees and the wind was really blowing today oh my gosh jeez see i'm, I'm, uh, I'm over in, in kentucky and it's you know we it's, we're 70 all day today it's beautiful yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we're about to have a whole bunch of snow dropped on us this weekend though Whew, wow. they set up to four feet in denver is that right Jeez. Well, 
when you guys were playing in Colorado, was that something you guys would look at? Because, I mean, Colorado, everyone knows it's up and down. Would you guys be like – would you guys ever get surprised by the weather you were going to have during the season playing in Denver? Nah. Oh. <laughs> I think we had one situation. Go ahead, Jason. No, nah, nah, I was going to go uh, – I was just going to say, the only thing I'm really worried about was the altitude. You know, the altitude. Yeah, that was it. Other than that, weather-wise, I, I was fine with it. You know, so uh, – I just know the altitude, boy. You know, you get tired in, in the first like three or four plays in the game, man. You you you're trying to, you know, just suck air in from anywhere. Yeah. Try to get it. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Midwest. So we, you know, Kansas City's in the Midwest. So we mm. kind of get similar weather. So not as dramatic as Denver or Colorado, but you know, it's it's real close. So it wasn't kind of you weren't thrown off. Like the only thing was altitude, like JD called it. Yeah. So, Curtis, uh, do, do you have any questions for the guys tonight? I know uh, you uh, made a message on Twitter to uh, Chiefs Kingdom to try to get some, uh, some, uh, I guess, help with the question for the guys tonight. But what do you, what do you have for the other two legends? Um, yeah, I actually like the question. I, um, I think that if you I, uh, take Patrick Mahomes' ten-year contract, what we're going to be paying him, even eight, nine, ten years down the road. Um, and you compare that to kind of what Dak just got um, in in Dallas. Um, is it, did we get a bargain uh, with Patrick? You want to take it first, E, or, or, or me? So, I, if you want me to go, I don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Half a billion dollars is, 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 is great if I'm the player taking it. Uh, I'm going to accept it at all costs. And to see what Patrick has done so early in his career, there's if you can lock him in with something longevity, lock him in. Now, the only bad thing about that is that there's going to be other players that are going to sign contracts bigger than yours at some point. You know, you already got Dak making 40, 40 million a year, uh, and that's just after an injury. Uh, and other, these other quarterbacks are going to come out of nowhere, and they're going to sign contracts, something similar as far as 40 per year. Um, and probably haven't won a Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson, I think uh, the big thing on ESPN today was, was uh, the, the, the Ravens wanting to lock him in. And it's going to be something similar to what Dak got and something to uh, what Patrick's making. Uh, now, granted, the cap has gone down this year because of COVID and, you know, not allowing, um, you know, fans, not having uh, fans and uh, whatever sales we can uh, make outside of football. Um, so the money wasn't there, uh, even though the, the bulk of the money that comes to football is from TV deals. Um, but for... For the, this next year, I know that the cap has gone down. I don't know how much, how many millions, but I know the cap has gone down. So that's going to play big into what happens as far as like adding players um, or, or getting rid of players. So that it, it can help and hurt us in certain ways, but that's as yet to be seen. But as a player, heck yeah, I'm taking a half a billion dollars. <laughs> I, I, so, so my thing is, I, I think we did get a pretty good deal. Matter of fact, I think the deal worked out actually for both both parties, really, uh, like like Eve was saying, you know what Dak just got. We know the money's going to go up each and every year. So now, because it's just you know because of COVID, and hopefully we got a, a handle on it uh, from its point on. Now TV deals, everything's just going to keep going up as far as with money. And so do you you think about guys like you said, Lamar Jackson, uh, 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 Josh Allen. Now you were talking about. These guys are going to be signing the next couple of years, man. I mean, yeah, for for fifty million dollars a year, yeah, we got a pretty good deal with Patrick. 
And, and, and so I think maybe down the road, uh, if the money starts getting crazy for everybody and quarterbacks and he knows like, look, wait a minute, hold on. Y'all got a good deal with me. Now it's time for me to restructure my contract. But as far as like everything works out right now, uh, his money, I think it just worked out for, for both parties. But I, I would say how the money's going to be going up every single year from now, got a pretty good deal, you know, with Patrick, especially what he's going to bring here to the table with, with, with Kansas City. I just had to say that. So uh, I agree. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I, I kind of wanted to, to throw in was like, you know, the NBA is thrown into like you get a what is it, a super max contract, the most you can get. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's almost like we need that for the for the NFL because, like, I mean, I know if you can afford to pay the players, you pay the you pay the players. But at what 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 amount? Like, what's what's a what's a cap number for for you know for for a player? You know, you can be a LeBron James, Steph Curry, you know, these top tier players, and there's a max number that they receive. Um, and so, like, I would, you know, would assume, like, you, your, your max, your top-tier players being Patrick Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, they would have a cap number also. But all of a sudden, you have a franchise quarterback that's that's coming up, and he has to be paid, and he's your franchise. He may not be in that top tier. He may not even be a top five or top ten, but he's your franchise player, and that position requires him to be paid at a certain amount. Now it sucks um, that he's going to get that money because I don't, I don't think that um, if you don't play to that, to that dollar sign, um, just because your your position says that you that you're owed this much, uh, you're supposed to get that much. So I I don't know. I, I kind of think that the NFL kind of needs that too to have like that super max deal that you can do uh, that that just caps it off at what everybody's getting paid. Ooh, that- Boy, that's that's. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if they agree with, with something like that. I mean, oh, I, I know they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, uh. Should I don't even know if, if the players would either. You know, to be honest with you, right? Because then, like you said, it goes it goes into like guys saying, "Well, look, these guys are getting paid all this money right here. I feel like I'm still, you know, worth this type of money. How come we not? We don't even at least have the option or the ability to, you know, kind of get up here." So it's good because it's just it's competition as far as, you know, with the market to try to push it every single year. You know, like and, and you know, E, your your position, you're always rooting for the guy to get that next contract, right? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm true. I wonder, I wonder what he's gonna get, right? I'm true. What 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 is he gonna get over here? So it's just setting the market and you and you cheer for these guys. Shoot, I'm cheering for a guy every year, you know, was as a tight end. So you know, this, you know, keep setting that market up. But if these guys, like you said, in top tier, man, on those max contracts, man, it just, NBA, it, it kind of makes sense, you know, but I mean, NFL, man, it's just, I mean, the numbers, you know, is, is, is part of the, part of the, you know, the, uh, the whole deal of it, you know what I mean? It makes it difficult. So, yeah. Well, the NFL, I mean, in a way, kind of, I mean, obviously not the whole structure of what the NBA is doing, but I mean, we kind of talked about it last week, the way the drafts were, they were getting out of hand where number one picks were getting so much money. And then every year it was like, they're outdoing each other, but now the NFL kind of like put a, st- a structure to it where, you know, you number one picks not going to make the, the break the bank and hold out like they did in years past. So, right. I mean, they've kind of have been going towards this. I mean, it wouldn't be, I mean, if these contracts continue to get crazy as, as where it's, it's looking to go, 
you mm-hmm. could see a structure where they do do a super max type thing. But then, but then we talk about guaranteed money and is a full contract going to be guaranteed like it is in baseball and basketball. Right. Um, that, I guess that's where it gets murky, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Can yeah. imagine how we get past the players union. Yeah, the NFL. <laughs> so I think that's where that would be stopped real fast. Mm-hmm. But thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm not feeling great. So I'm, I'm going to cut out. Um, and I, I, it was like, it was an honor to talk with all three of you guys. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, for get on, get, come back on another day then, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate you, Curtis, man. Definitely. Definitely. Now, now, let me ask you this quick question, man, because I've seen on, on Twitter. So is it a thing for people to see your face? You're like, you don't really show your face out on, on, on your deal or what? What is I, you know, I, I don't, I like to keep some level of anonymity because I, I adopted uh, three kids. And so I, I certainly want to protect them as well. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and then this, you know, a part of my story is I was adopted when I was a kid and I actually found the Chiefs when I was seven years old in 1992. And they kind of became the thing that got me through a really rough childhood with several different foster homes. So. Oh, awesome. That's a, that's a, that's a beautiful Blessings story to man. you, man. Yeah, Bless. yeah. Blessed. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Have a good one, man. Thanks for you coming too. on, buddy. All right, guys. Well, well, that does it for the uh, the episode. Uh, nice little off-season, you know, a little a talk about the free agency, guys coming back, and, you know, of course, bringing Drake up. And that's always, uh, it's always a nice little flow of the uh, of the show. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, next week we're going to continue the off-season. And next week, well, actually, I think when we do our show next week, we're going to have – A lot of more drafts, a lot of more cuts. What what are two days of free agency too? So maybe we'll have a, a signing or two by the, by the time we get our show next. So that could be uh could be huge. Maybe we'll get it. Maybe we'll see Patrick Peterson or uh, AJ Green on there next week. <laughs> somebody, uh, <laughs> yeah, get somebody in for sure. <laughs> but know. all right, guys, um, definitely uh, subscribe to our us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and uh, always follow us on at Concerns Chief on Twitter. And we'll see some of our She's Kingdom fans uh, next week on the show as well. So. Always a great show with you guys. Love yes, sir. You guys. Good night, Jim. Absolutely, man. All right, man. Y'all take care. All right. E, e, get a better phone, yeah. man. Get a better phone, what? brother. Get a better phone, man. I'll send you. <laughs> hey, I'll send you something down there. I'll send you something. All right. Shut your ass up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.